This is James from TikTok Tennis, and you're listening to Missing the Point with Miles David. Everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the show. This is Missing the Point with Miles David, and I am your host. Thank you for tuning back in. If this is your first time listening, I welcome you. If you're a returning listener, then I appreciate you. And welcome back to the show, guys. I feel like it's been a minute since I've been in this uh, particular setting that I usually record my episode intros and do things all podcast related, mostly because I spent the latter part of this month as i record this it's wednesday september 15th it'll probably go up the same day um the first part of the month i was in new york celebrating or not celebrating i was enjoying the u.s open and getting that first time experience underneath my feet and then things quickly things quickly went from enjoyable to very chaotic um only because there was this tiny little thing well it wasn't tiny there was this um major thing called hurricane ida (laughs) i'm sure you've heard of her she uh wreaked havoc over south louisiana and i was directly in the path of that thank god before it before I go to uh, dark or dim, thank God my family and everything is okay. The only things that were damaged were things that can be replaced. And I am um, prayerfully able to sit here and talk to you guys with internet and power, which were two things that didn't feel like they would ever come back. (laughs) So I am uh, thankful for that. And I'm thankful that you guys are still, you know, waiting and rocking and asking for the next episode because the U S open has finished. It's complete. And it's been a wonderful experience. Not only was I able to go, I was able to watch a lot of the really wonderful matches and James today's guest from TikTok tennis, James and I are going to discuss everything from this 2021 U S open. And I, I have to say, that it is probably the best Grand Slam I have covered and watched since I've started missing the point, which I am grateful for, not only because I was able to experience part of it at the the, uh, first couple of days, um, but because it was just awesome to be I guess it was just awesome. I, I, the vibes from the, the winners, um, the vibes from the matches, it was just really good. Um, and I appreciated it. And I appreciate James for being the guest on today's episode. His tennis brand, TikTok Tennis, is amazing. It's a great resource for tennis news, opinions, and videos, and just really fun banter. I, I met James on Twitter, and he was a great guest, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. couple of disclaimers. Because of Hurricane Ida, the audio is not the best because I was actually at my sister's apartment because she had power when I did not shout out to my little sister. She's the best. And thank you for accommodating me for like a week when my house, our house did not have power. (laughs) So yeah, just bear with me. The audio is not the crispest because the Wi-Fi was not the crispest, but Hey, that's what happens when you are in the path of a hurricane. You got to work around different things. And we worked around it to get a really good conversation going. And 
before I ramble off too long, I'm going to let that conversation play because it's a wonderful one. Again, thanks, James, for coming on to the show. And I hope you guys enjoy. In the meantime, while you're listening, feel free to go to our social media websites and be a part of our community at Missing Point Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse. Feel free to join us on all of those. And that's it. I think I'm going to let the audio play now. All right. Be right back. Oh, another one for the highlight reel. I never think about the legal things in my podcast. Maybe I should start thinking about that now that I'm. No, like, no, I was just kidding. I just meant like, it was like one of those things where like. <laughs> now you know you're being recording, recorded. This recording. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so they do it at work. So during on Zoom meetings, they're like, this is recording. And you're like, oh, that's for compliance. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you have complied. And welcome to the show, James from TikTok Hi. Tennis. This Hi. is the newest guest on our show, and I'm so excited that you're here, James. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for for having me. It's uh, again, I've, I've we've kind of been mutuals on Twitter. I think that's where a majority of my my kind of engagement comes. Uh, but um, I've always really enjoyed the podcast, and I really enjoyed the opportunity to come and talk to you about the U.S. Open that just completed, and I thought it was pretty darn good. We're literally, guys, we're. Not even two hours removed from the men's final? Nope. No, I think, uh, yeah, I think maybe just a little over two hours ago, it wrapped up. Which is, which if you're a tennis fan and you watch that final or you're looking at the news and looking at the scores, it's a pretty substantial U.S. Open final score, right? Yeah. You're talking about the men's, the men's final? Yeah. Yeah. Everything about this U.S. Open was pretty newsy. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that again, like, I, I don't want to jump it into it too early, but, um, I was, I was just kind of thinking about this whole, whole U S open. And it's been one of my favorite, uh, grand slams to, to sort of experience. Um, and I think that's really, really interesting considering coming in, you didn't have Serena, you didn't have Venus, you didn't have Roger, you didn't have Rafa. And there was a big question about like, well, what will tennis look like? Um, without those big names and that, you know, the greatest of all time, Serena Williams, how, how will we have news? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it came out different, but really, really great and really, really exciting in a lot of ways. Like you guys can't see us. So we're both have like natural smiles on our faces. I would say. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. And again, there's, there was, I, I thought that the thing that I was really, it started out with this really interesting kind of blend on the women's side of there was a consistency, right? Like all the top 20 seeds got to the third round, which was, you know, unpre- not unprecedented. I don't have like, the free book in my brain. But, but it doesn't feel normal. That's for no, sure. no, it doesn't. It, usually the big thing is how many of the top 10 seeds will go out in the first round, right? Um, for the men and the women. But, you know, I think that's been the knock on the women. But I see that as a positive, but we can talk about that later. But I think that was the big thing was all the top 20 seeds came to the third round. And then, you know, on the men's side, it was like much more hectic of kind of getting in there. But the same, you know, the, the people who were in the draw, obviously not Roger and not Rafa, but Djokovic kept going through. Medvedev just looked amazing when he was going through. Um, and then there is in mixed in that kind of consistency, a lot of these brand new names, like three qualifiers getting to the round of 16 and, um, <clears throat> you know, players kind of coming through. So it just in this very interesting way shook out to be again in my opinion in my opinion one of the best grand slams that 
that I've ever, I've ever experienced. Definitely the best of this year of 2021 season. Oh, by far. Yeah. I, I definitely think it was the, it was the one where I was most transfixed by the matches. Um, and look, look at us. We've, we've gotten, we've gotten so far deep into our tennis conversation and yeah. I haven't even told people. Yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just jumped straight into it. No, I know. Right. I know. But it's, yeah, yeah. It, that's, that's what, that's what I, I like about having this platform is that we can be passionate tennis fans totally. and kind of like, just let it, let it all hang out because sometimes yeah. I feel like tennis is missing. Um, I say this sometimes. Tennis is missing missing a Buffalo Wild Wings to kind of hang out at. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, like, yeah, if, like you're, if you're a football fan, a basketball fan, even baseball, like you kind of have a yeah. place where you can have these conversations where you kind of just land on, wow, this person like knows about this sport as much as I do. Tennis, yeah. you kind of gotta you you have to find it on your own. I guess because it's it's so niche, you know. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. But we definitely want to bring people along. So again, if you want to, you want to do a little bit of an intro, let's, let's. Yeah, for sure. So we said your name is James. I'm talking to James, everybody. Yes. And James is the creator and founder of TikTok Tennis. So I know that I have been a fan of TikTok Tennis since pretty much its inception, Mm -hmm. but tell the audience a little bit about like birth of it and how it came to be because I think it's a great growing tennis media platform personally and just thank you honestly to you it is yeah no I appreciate it so again it's TikTok tennis um it's not TikTok although it's I started out thinking it was just going to be and then as everything it kind of changes you know but ended up um we'll get to it but ultimately the reason I started it is because I've always loved tennis um I, I played tennis I grew up in Georgia I played tennis um starting when I was about 12 years old um, played all through high school, played some junior tournaments, um, played a little bit in college, um, but have just always fell in love with it. I, I think the strangely though, one of the things that really made me fall in love with tennis before I got into it was that it had rankings. And for some reason, when I was growing up, I loved rankings and how, you know, weekly things going up and down. Like, you know, I listened to the top 40, like Casey's top 40, like every weekend and kept track <laughs> of it. That's serious. It's so sad. But, um, but I found a sport again at first, like, oh, there's these rankings that, you know, people based on the results go up and down and you can kind of see who's, who's kind of emerging and who's kind of established. So it was a really kind of strange way. And I guess we all get there in different ways, but then I you know, and I started playing. And so it's just something that throughout my entire life, I've been really passionate about following and really kind of new, um, wait, sort of similar to what you're saying is I really knew a lot about tennis and I love tennis down to like, I knew all every top 200 player at any given time. I could tell really? you like, yeah, no, not like in order, but like there was, but no, you knew their like, names or you knew about yeah, them. Like the qualifiers most yeah. like that come through, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I know about them. You know, like, you know, it wasn't sort of like, Oh, this big surprise. And again, a little bit of a nerd, but, um, but it's a good thing though, because that all yeah, of what no. you're saying, it comes through TikTok tennis when you see it on Twitter, yeah. Instagram, on YouTube. Like it doesn't seem like you yeah. just found the information from Wikipedia. It it, it sounds okay. like you were actually entrenched in the tennis world and that's yeah. what we get in the media. So it's a good thing. So, yeah. And so in terms of actually kind of fast forwarding to actual TikTok tennis, um, it really is focused on Twitter. That's where I do the majority of, again, I have a presence on YouTube where the videos go and I have some on Instagram um, and even on TikTok. But um, the majority of where I I do the majority of the engagement is on Twitter. um, And that's where I've really focused on growing and really focused on having conversations about tennis. And ultimately what we do, and I always say we, even though it's just me, I don't know why, but um, what we do... Do the same thing, don't worry. (laughs) What we do is... I talk about tennis through the lens of players that I am really excited about stories that I'm really excited about. I'm not here to give you every single bit of news. There are tennis players that I have no interest in talking about. I have no, you know, for various reasons. Um, 
And then there's, and so I don't, because there's plenty of other places people can get that information. Um, what I try to do is, you know, pretty much every day of the week on, on, I create these graphics that sort of say, you know, who beat who, um, and then with a blurb and, you know, the characters in, in Twitter, I tell a little bit about who, you know, the match for obviously, but also a little bit about who that person is, why this match is significant, um, to shine a light on the players that sometimes I don't think get enough representation. One of the things that's really important to me is representation of diverse communities, whether that's LGBTQ or, or uh, African-American or Black uh, or Latino or Latinx or Asian communities, players that don't often get focused a lot in terms mm -hmm. of, of especially media. in this sport. Exactly. You know, you were talking about, you know, we don't have a Buffalo Wild Wings. I think what we do have for the longest time was a country club and not everybody could get into mm. a country club. Right. Mm. Um, so a little bit of that is I try to focus on players who I think are bringing something new or different um, players who I think have really you know interesting stories to tell or just, you know, again, are just the biggest story in tennis right now. Sometimes, again, they might not necessarily be my favorite player in the world, but, you know, they just won a Grand Slam. So I've got to mention somewhere about it. So, well, so for the listeners, I didn't I didn't want you to skirt past the video portion because your okay. videos are really, really good. Oh, great. <laughs> I want people I, I, to know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. So I post um, I, I on top of the videos and the on, the on top of the graphics and kind of the banter on Twitter that then I just I'll be very honest. And this is a, I copy and paste it over to Instagram. <laughs> Again, no, I like it's, you know, again, I do not have a, I'm one guy. I am, this is not a professional kind of thing. I don't have a media, a social media team. So it's okay. We uh, all have right. to start. So again, which is, which is kind of what, that's kind of what drew me to the beginnings of it. Like I, I, I think it's really easy to get behind something that is starting. Like uh, who doesn't, yeah. who doesn't like a story? I mean, that's, that's kind of what we're looking at on I'm looking at the names and like our agenda and it popped out at me. That's kind of what we're looking at with Emirata Kanu and Layla Fernandez at the yeah. US Open stories that are beginning. And that's so easy to kind of get behind. So yeah. TikTok is just in that same lane, you know? Yeah. Well, again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hitch my wagons and say that I'm, I'm anywhere near Layla or, or, or Emma, but, but I appreciate that again. Yes. We started in January. Um, literally the first of the year, I think like January 3rd was my first post. Um, and it's funny how it's evolved. It was started out being mostly videos that I literally just edited and put on TikTok and then put on Twitter and everything that evolved. I found the conversation in Twitter was where I wanted to sort of stay. Um, but the videos, uh, I started out doing a lot more of them really quickly. And now what I've done is about once or once a week, I have a video that comes out at the end of the week. That's sort of a recap, um, with a bit of a forward look at, at it. And they're about, they started out being one minute long. That was my... Mm -hmm deal. It was one minute long, but then I found that there was just, just too much to cover. It's hard to cram it into it. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of felt like really surface. So now I go to the two and now it's about two minutes and 20 seconds, the length of Twitter, which um, I enjoy as somebody that's like collab with you on the videos. Yeah. <laughs> it no, gives no, no. Me more space to run my mouth. <laughs> no, it's good. No, because again, I, I, I want to make sure you know, if, if I'm going to say something, I want to have some time to kind of expound on it and not just be a highlight video, you know, of, of here's who won, blah, blah, blah. Cause you can get that anywhere. Right. There's so, so many, of that, there's, there's so much of that. And that's kind of why tennis is hard for people to really grasp in right. the first place, you know? Yeah. And so, and I'm still learning. I, it's, I haven't perfected it. I'm still learning and, and tweaking things and, and trying different things. But ultimately um, what I try to do now is um, a little bit of, here's the headlines, you know, here's the kind of what you need to know. And then the last like minute and a half of it is about some particular topic, 
um, some particular, like a, a player that's having a big breakout or, you know, a conversation that's going on in, in tennis um, that I want to get into. I will say there's some things that I would like to get into, but I don't think two and a half minutes is is enough time. So for instance, you know, the whole Zverev. thing with Zverev, yeah. <laughs> I haven't, I yeah. haven't talked about that, not because I don't have opinions of it, um, mm-hmm. but because it's just this two and a half it's, minutes. Is it's not nuanced. Too, right. It's very and, it's, nuanced, it, yeah. and I don't want to gloss over anything that's in that story. You know, I, and I don't want to, because it's very important and it's very, uh, it's, you know, there's a lot to be said about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so with him, I just choose not to talk about him. <laughs> so again, that's, he, he makes it so hard, doesn't he? He makes yeah, like, he I mean, because I feel the same way. And we're, for, to the listeners, me and, me and James are just having a good old banter. We're going to get into the US Open promise. Yes. But I guess promise, I, have to, yeah. I, have, I, have, I have to say this. I feel, and you kind of inspired me when you said, like, if you, if you don't feel connected to them, you won't talk about them. I don't feel that connected to Novak Djokovic. And I feel since I've started this podcast and I just reached over a year. So pat myself on the back for that. Nice job. Um, yes. Thanks. I feel pressure to talk about him because it's, it, it's yeah. weird to not talk about the person that is literally, like you mentioned before in the rankings at the very top, but yeah. I don't feel a genuine connection, but I also want my banter to come and feel like it's coming from a source of somebody that knows what's going on in tennis. And I'd be kind of remiss to yeah. not mention him at all. You know, that's, I, I kind of yeah. want to ride that way, but I, I, I like how you explained it. No, I, I agree. I think so. I will make a point of distinction. I, I'm not the biggest Novak Djokovic fan in the world either, and a lot of it has to do with sorry, listeners. <laughs> sorry. Um, however, I will say, and I think I think I talked to you about this before. I will say he's not my favorite, but this might be controversial. But I will recognize that he's probably the best ever. You know, like yeah, it's hard. I not will to re- see again, it. like I give him his flowers. Like the stat sheet is hard to to argue with even after today. I think it still is hard to argue with what he's accomplished in terms of saying that he's the best of all time. But my thing with him is just a lot of some of the decisions he's made off court um, have made it difficult for me to be a super fan of his. Um, I also get a little, I get a little tired of the way he handles his frustration on court. Um, Not that I think everybody has to be, you know, super buttoned up and, and right. kind and polite all the time, but just, you know, the, he endangers other people. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. 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 But also That's not the again, best way to get rid of my, your frustrations. Yeah. It's just my preference, you know, for, 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 you know, I choose to like other players. However, he's different. Zverev, I choose not to talk about him. Even if, mm. even when he won the gold medal, I think there are plenty of people talking about him. They do not. He, nobody needs me to talk against my will for him. You know what I mean? The conversation is already happening. You don't have to. Absolutely. And again, so if that means that, you know, I talk about every match and I talk about the bronze medal match or Belinda Bencic or yeah, Belinda Bencic. Um, again, not no one, no one saw me me roll my eyes. (laughs) But however, you know, so there's a distinction. I will always cover what, and you can look at the the ice call coverage. I mean, again, I don't, I don't consider what I do journalism because um, I think that then journalism is very important and requires rigor and, you know, sort of a full-time job in a lot of ways. Um, but I don't cover Alex Verev, but I do cover Novak Djokovic, but I tend to focus more on, it's a little drier, I'd say with it, with Novak Djokovic, because I tend to just say, here's what he did. You know, he's yeah. pretty good. And here's why the sort of historical perspective, why it's important. Um, but with other people, I, you know, that I really 
I do dig and I do kind of like, you know, think are interesting and, and fun and should people should know about more. Um, I'll try to get something personal in there. I'll try to get some stuff about, you know, you know, what this means for their career, why this is important for their country, why this is something that, and with Novak, it's more of a kind of just, Hey, hi, he won. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> yeah, so again, so, all right. So I, I promise that's the last version I will probably make. So. <laughs> so are you, are you ready to get into this year's U S open and the winners? Unfortunately, we talk about those two. Well, let's, let's, let's switch from the men and go straight to the women. Cause I feel yeah. like in general, I feel like our banter on Twitter yeah. revolves. It's, it's, so much easier for me personally. This may be a personal, uh, it is a personal decision yeah. for me to lean into talking about the WTA because like mm-hmm. you were saying, it feels a little underrepresented, even though globally it is like the number one sport for women athletes to be marketed and to uh, bring home the cash. Like mm-hmm. tennis is that. But yeah. it still feels like in comparison, in the if you're actually in in sitting in the tennis world, it feels like the WTA always has a back seat, but not this tournament. <laughs> not at all. I, I thought it was really strange. So if you want to go to, so Emma Raducanu, um, like just the name, she has a, she yeah. has a wonderful name that rolls it's off a, the tongue. It's very melodic. It's very Emma yes. Um, but I was saying, I mentioned this earlier on Twitter, of course, I think earlier in the week is just how the women showed out at the U S open this year with the, the storylines. I mean, not just Emirata winning and all that we can get into kind of all, what all that means, but also obviously Layla Fernandez and, um, and the semifinals and like even the storyline of what arena Sabalinka kind of being on the edge of something. Um, there was so much focus, you know, and I was asking, is it just me that's focused on this and not so much, but I just looking at the coverage and it felt much more energy around women, even though, I think when the there was something huge it, going on the men's right. side. Right. Yeah. And I, I felt like, even though, I mean, I felt like at any point, if you stop someone and said, what's the biggest story of the, of the U S open at that point, I think it was like a Monday. I think the majority of people at that point would have said like, Seth would have sit to pass in his toilet breaks and not, <laughs> and not the fact that you had someone going for a calendar grand slam in, in Novak Djokovic, which I felt was really strange. And, um, but also indicative of who Novak Djokovic kind of, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'll, we can talk about that. <laughs> well, no, we can talk about that. Cause I think when we talk about, we'll come back uh, around to well, it. Yeah. I think, I think there's something very interesting that I wanted to kind of talk about it with that, that perspective. Well, I, I think it's very interesting, but yeah, for um, sure. But, but Raducanu. So I will say, for some reason, just before Wimbledon, I was watch. I was like, "What? I, we were, I was covering, covering again. I'm not journalist. I was kind of, but you do it well, so you can you can post, use <laughs> you know, There was a, there was a tournament in Nottingham, a, a challenger, a mm-hmm. ITF event in, in Nottingham that, and that I had seen very randomly, like two years ago. I was watching the qualifying of Wimbledon and I think she was like 15 or so at the time in Raducanu and she had gotten a wild card into qualifying because she was a, she's a promising junior at that time from Great Britain. And a, and a Brit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and I saw her match and I think she won her first round match. And I remember thinking, Oh, she's, you know, she's got this interesting backstory, you know um, and it'd be great if there was a diverse person from, from Great Britain that, you know, cause that, that succeeded. Obviously Heather Watson is one that has as well. Um, but then flash forward to that tournament and suddenly she gets a wild card again. I was like, Oh yeah, that's that girl I saw from two years ago, Emma Raducanu. And then they did the story and said how she had taken 18 months off of the tour to finish her schooling um, and came back uh, and got a wild card, got to the final in that tournament because she did so well, had gotten a qualifying wild card, but they upped it to a main draw wild card at Wimbledon. And there's just something about her. I just kept thinking like, Oh, I just think she has this, 
amazing confidence. Like when she walks onto the court, just something I have not something seen. about the walk, <laughs> something about the walk and the way in between points and the way she integrates with the crowd. She, it's like she's bubbly as somebody. She that, is, but I, she's also I, I, just so confident. Like she's so confident. I sat yeah. through her match because I went to the U.S. Open this year. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty awesome. sure that I've told my listeners that. If not, then I'll do a separate episode about my <laughs> reaction about that. Um, <laughs> I, I was there for her match against. I want to say Stephanie Vogelay. The first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um. Oh, was it? Yes, yes. It was Stephanie Vogelay because I went on the opening day and the second day. So yes, it was Stephanie okay. Vogelay, and she needed seven match points to close out that match. And there was a funny thing going on with every time I would pull out my phone to kind of record one of the match points, she would lose it. And I had a friend with me. Shout out to Shaq if you're listening to this. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. tell Shaq to listen to this just, just this portion. As soon as I put my phone down because I felt like I was jinxing her, he lifted his phone up on the seventh match point. She wins it, and something about that moment gave me magic and I, yeah. I, 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 I maybe I'm giving myself too much credit here but this is the this is not the first time that I've actually oh my god I'm 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 this there's something happening in my in my mind yeah, this yeah, is yeah. not the first time that I've been at a tournament where I'm watching an opponent play Stephanie Vogelay in an opening round and they in win particular Stephanie Vogelay yes, yes because that happened <laughs> oh right. my gosh I just realized this the Bianca Andreescu yes oh there was, you go there you go I was at the 2019 U.S. Open and she played Stephanie Vogelay and killed her like I mean there must have been a bagel or a breadstick oh wow I hadn't realized that, that me either I just a commonality in their sort of <laughs> journey to the it's something about well, Vogelay. Everyone's going to be yeah. wanting to draw her first round now. But I tell you, she wasn't. She. It's not like she was a just from from the angle of a, of a viewing fan because it may look different on television. Mm-hmm. Television tennis and like in person tennis has a way of totally. doing that. Yeah, yeah. But she she wasn't just somebody you can just so have Vogelay's a bad day good. against. Yeah, Vogelay's she's been good. around for she's, a long time. Yeah. I did not believe I just made win. that connection. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to go check and make it. I was like, is that, is that back? So but the thing, the thing kind of, so Radakanu coming through 10 matches, never drops a set. Shout out to Marion Bokvad. Uh, the left-hander, the other left-hander yeah. she faced. Yeah. <laughs> Who took a, took, Bol- took is it Bokvadadze? I'm thinking of Takvadadze. I know you're, it's Volpadadze. It's Georgia. It's the country of Georgia. That's where they have mm. that easy E in the, their mm. names. Um, but um, shout out to her for being the only person to get five games in one set. Um, <laughs> I actually saw Volpadadze play Viras Von Areva a few weeks ago um, at Concord, uh, the Concord WTA 125 event. So actually, she's very, very good too. Um, Bokbad, 125 Bokbad. events have, it, have a lot to do with Emirata Kanu as well. We'll, we'll, we'll tie yeah, those well, in. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, it just, in terms of her game, I think her game, I think Radikana's game reminds me a lot of uh, Anna Ivanovic. I think there's some, mm-hmm. there's just the, the kind of the mechanics and flow of her shots, I think look a lot, but, um, and this is funny again, this might be controversial and this might end up making her the only person who's on court kind of demeanor that I can compare her to is Maria Sharapova. Um, where, they have the same agent now, so it, we'll talk oh, about the money. I'm that's that's um, great for Raducanu. Jeez, yeah. she, she's marketable um, she's gonna, through the roof, right? It, I yeah, it, yeah. I think, but there's something about there's just something special about her, and I, I can't I can't really. And Layla Fernandez too. 
I think that, that it's very interesting that those two ended up, well, it's very interesting obviously because I, whoever, if there's anybody who legit can show me that they picked that for the final. Would love um, to see them. <laughs> would you, yeah. I want you to buy some lottery tickets for me because, because it's, <laughs> no one could have predicted it, but I think Layla Fernandez and Emirata Kano, two things about them. They're, they both have an incredible confidence and like verve about them, um, but are very different. They're very, very different. And I think um, in that final match, I think we saw, obviously I felt that I'm not sure if you feel this way, but I felt the crowd was very much for Layla at, at least at first. Um, it did feel that way. I would agree. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe like 60, 40, but um, I think. Uh, well, she was the one that walked on the court smiling. Emma, Emma yeah. was very, like you mentioned Sharapova earlier. I never really thought about comparing those two, but Emma does have a very um, throughout those I was going to say seven matches, but she played more than seven matches yeah. in, in, in New York. But she has a very good way of kind of just being buttoned up at the right times. But as soon as it's it's time to kind of release, she also has a good way of doing that. But it doesn't come off um, as stoic, but as intense and just assertive and confident, like you were saying. Yeah. You know, it's just, you, it, it's almost... <sighs> I guess Sharapova would be the person that you could kind of relate that to, but I've never seen it. And I'm not trying to just like put her on a pedestal, although she deserves it. No. no, no, no. I know. I, I kind of, and I know sort of saying Sharapova brings a lot of baggage for a lot of people. So I, I was, I was like, I was, so I was, that's why I've been sort of like kind of eh, not to say it out loud, but, but cause I think, you know, I don't want to sort of have people. Oh, I've go, gotten oh, backlash. Well, I don't I've, like her. I've gotten backlash <laughs> on even mentioning Sharapova on an episode, yeah. doing an episode about her. So trust me, I understand. <laughs> well, no, I mean, again, so again, and this is not to, you know, not wading into the Maria Sharapova pool right. at all. Um, but there is something, that's the only person when I was trying to think uh, kind of who she reminded me of on court and how she moves and how confident she moves, even the way she like grabs the ball from the ball boy and like ball kids and like, um, there's just something like she's been there before, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's like, she's been here before. She knows how to act. She knows what to do. Um, and clearly she had not, you know, she had never done that, but there was something she just knew. It, it just sort of felt inherent, like she knew how to do it. Um, and then her shots, like one thing that I kept noticing, especially on her forehand, was when, so again, the, the score in the final was 6-4, six, 6-3. Six, um, mm -hmm. So I think we didn't say that yet. So when things got tight, um, I, I, I personally noticed, I felt like suddenly Raducanu just was throwing herself into the forehand. Like it, it was not backing off of it, not stepping away from the opportunity. It was really going for it. And I think I saw that in every single match. Like mm -hmm. what I saw was she would hold serve super easy. And then the other opponent would struggle through their game. And then she would step up and serve or go, go get through her service game really easy. There's something, it was just something, I don't know. It just really exciting about, about the way that the way she comes in. I think the one thing that I'm worried about as a fan for both Layla and for, for, um, for Emirata Kanu is how much pressure is going to be put on Emirata Kanu. I honestly think because she, her mother's Chinese and she speaks Mandarin, there's that video that I, that a lot of people shared this, uh, where her speaking Mandarin, her speaking Mandarin and talking to the Chinese fans, and doing so effortlessly and fluently. Yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't feel contrived or that she's pandering to the market either. Right. But because she can do that, because she has that entree into the Chinese market, which is tennis, ATP, and WTA have been like trying to get to that mm -hmm. for years, they must see like gold in their eyes with her, you know? And so I'm, I know this sounds crazy, but 
I think within two years, judging by how fast Naomi Osaka, when she came in and she won, um, because she bridges that East and West, because mm-hmm. she has, you know, she's, you know, she's raised in, she was Haitian. She has a lot, spent a lot of time in the United States. She, then she moved to Japan. She speaks Japanese. So it opens up that market. Um, the Chinese market is way bigger than the Japanese market. And I yes. think, and I think if Emma Raducanu, if she can keep, cause I, I think Osako was either not either, either was a teenager or not far removed from being a teenager yeah. when she won Indian Wells in 2018, yes. if she yes. can have a similar trajectory. And again, I'm saying this not to put like immense amount of pressure. I was just about to her. say that. Yes. Yes. That's not because to we've say seen, I want we've this. Seen pressure. No, yeah. no. I think I'm saying it as it's, a little frightening. It's not necessarily, I'm saying, Oh, you know, take it to the bank. She's going to do so well. I'm just saying, <clears throat> look at how the you cards know, are there. The cards are there for her to be for a people mega to, star. Just be like, to be a mega star. Absolutely. Um, she's only 18. Um, and everybody's life is different and I don't want to compare people, but we've seen with Naomi Osaka for a lot of reasons, but I think one of them has to be just the pressure that has been placed on her as the highest paid female athlete in the world and all the obligations she has and all of the directions she's being pulled um, that when she starts to lose on the court, people are like, why are you losing on the court? Um, It feels very probable that, Mm -hmm. you know, Emma Raducanu could go down that, that path too, because I have something similar to it or just experience experience will be different. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, and I come from a genuine place of, I'm not saying write her in the wrecking book. She's going to be the greatest thing of all time. Like, you know, and say, that's a great thing. I'm saying, I think she has all the talent in the world to be, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, God, you know, hopefully she's healthy and she's, she wants to be and the game is still exciting to her and she wants to stick around. But so I think she has the, the potential to have a very long, very, very successful career. But I just hope that she has the right people around her that are not, that are going to help her protect herself and be a kid. And, um, it's just think about yourself. Like when you're 18, yeah. all the stupid things I did. And I just, yeah. <laughs> well, I just thank God that no one had a camera in my face. Like when I was 18 yes. years old. Yes. Um, and now there's all that, there's all this pressure. There's all, you know, so again, hopefully it'll go well and hopefully, but um, I, that's my thing is I just hope that when I heard her speaking Mandarin and doing so well, I was like, Oh my God, every company in the world is going to want her now. Like she's going to have every Western, every Western company like Apple and Google and, and Rolex and all that are going to come for her. And then, you know, every major brand in China is going to want her as well. And again, that market is so big compared to any other market, you know, like again. you just, you just hope that as, as good as she is, that the pressure doesn't become engulfing to her. But I'm also, I'm, I am um, encouraged because this, isn't yeah. the first time that there's been an all teenage final at the US Open. This been, it's been the first time since 1999. Mm-hmm. And both of those players that were involved in that final, Serena Williams and Martina Hingis, yeah. went on to have great careers thereafter. And maybe Serena more than Hingis dealt with the pressure. And obviously we, we see where we are now. I'm not comparing Raducanu to Serena, but yeah. the managing the pressure is something that can be done. Will there be peaks yeah. and valleys and things you may have to go through and process? Of course, because that's life, but hopefully this is the, the start and the beginning of something as it was for Serena when she won as a teenager, you know? So that's, that's the correlation I'm getting from that. Yeah. Final from, and from I think, one. and I think if I'm being really honest, we just sort of fell into a trap that I think that I think I hope most people don't. And so I'll kind of call myself out here is, 
let's just enjoy the fact that she just won the U.S. Open yesterday. You and, know, like, and let's not we were, try to think about it. And I, you know, I'm talking to myself at this point. Yeah, let's try not sure. to play out every scenario that could possibly happen to her over the next. Let's just hope for the best. But just what she's done is incredible. Like, it is just incredible what she's done. We were talking about briefly WTA 125K events, and yep. she was involved in the Chicago Tennis Festival mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is having that had three or is, is having three WTA um, tournaments mm-hmm. on different mm-hmm. levels: a 125K, a 250, and a 500 that's coming up after the U.S. Open. Kim Clijsters will be there. Yeah, Kim Clijsters got a wild card. card yeah, shout out to Kim Clijsters. Um, Emirata Kanu made the final of the Chicago Tennis Festival 125K event, but she's actually never won, even though it says WTA125K, just the more you know, it's it's technically not on the WTA main tour because the main tour consists of, it's like a challenger level, basically. It's a big challenger. It's a big challenger. It's a $125,000 purse. So it's Mm -hmm. not like, it's not a little bit of money, but those are the only matches she's won on the, again, quote unquote, WTA tour, 500 or 250 level, 500 level or a thousand level. She has no match wins, but here she is in September of 2021, leaving the U S open coming through qualifying as a champion, as a teenager, just saying that out loud is kind of like, yeah. Yeah. And if you look at it, it is. And again, so her only, it's just Wimbledon. She's won three matches at Wimbledon. And then she won seven matches here. So she has 10 oh, for people that are people that are like, oh, she went to the fourth. Round. Yes, we know. But Wimbledon yeah. is considered it's it's part of the WTA tour. They work together, but it's not on the WTA yeah. tour. It's considered the International she played, Federation. She only played one match in this this summer. It was in San Jose. Yep. Interestingly, she lost to Shui Zhang, who then she beat uh, on the way. <laughs> convincingly. Very convincingly, like almost a complete. So kind of looking at you know, her journey there. And I do want to spend some time talking about Layla Fernandez because what, what, what a tournament. Yeah. I mean, like arguably in terms of getting it, not arguably in terms of getting to that final, almost on three top five wins, the number three seed, the number two seed, the number five seed and yep. a former champion. Yep, exactly. And so Radicanu again, played really well. So I always, I always get this kind of a, a little annoyed when people are like, Oh, well, their draw was so easy, you know, with Medvedev and with Raducanu getting to and the Barney. final, they're like, we'll get to Barney. Um, <laughs> yeah. But also Raducanu and Daniel Medvedev both beat the crap out of everybody they play, you know, like along the way. So yeah, maybe they didn't get the two and three seeds, but the players that they got in front of them, they beat them and beat them very convincingly. Um, you think about Raducanu, she beat Shelby Rogers really easily right after Rogers beat uh, Ash Barty. And then Raducanu beat Belinda Bencic reigning gold medalist, you know, beat her very convincingly as well. And again, the thing that really stood out for me in that Raducanu match with Bencic was at the end, just the nerves, like none, none at all. Like just she was closing it out. She did it. She did it. Like didn't, I, I think she just on her first match point, I think she got it done. Um, really sort of, again, there was no, there was no pulling back. There was no tension. She just, it, and maybe it'll be interesting to see again, not to look in the future again. Um, <laughs> but I think it'll be interesting to see if, if there's a difference between being the chaser or being mm-hmm. the chase, you know, the person there, there always chased. is there, there's yeah, yeah. Be a little bit of an adjustment. There, there yeah. always is. But I, I, but I do think as in terms of being the chaser, I think Layla relishes in that. And I think oh, yeah. going back to the, the win that, if, if you would have told me that she would have been in the final of the U.S. Open again, I would have been like, mm, not plausible. But the mm-hmm. win against Naomi Osaka in the third round 
I saw that as a almost a career defining win for her at the time, you know, because she hasn't yeah. she's one of she's won her first WTA title earlier this season in Monterey. And I watched a bunch of her matches and not to say that the, the level that she played in that in that tournament was bad or that the level of the other players was low, but it was certainly a step up to see her beat Osaka the way she did, especially from coming back in precarious situations in the match. Mm-hmm. She's really good at kind of being the little boxer that could it's, yeah. it's something it's it's in her it's in her statue or her stature rather it's just in the way she speaks she's kind of going to be like the little fighter that throws body blows and to be honest she reminds me of <laughs> this may be a stretch but she reminds me of dominica sibokova if she was left-handed yeah. And a little bit of Angie Kerber with the redirection, and that's a that's kind of a weird combination. Sibokova did get to the final of the Australian Open, so yeah. So Sibokova's not not a not a not a, a stretch no, that's of a good, that's a yeah good, yeah. She's so feisty like, and just all over the place, you know, in I a good way. Like, so the interesting thing is Leila Fernandez, her year again. She you know she's again she just turned nineteen, so. In 2020, I know she got to the final and lost. She got, I'm forgetting where she, Acapulco, I think she got to the final and lost to Heather Watson in the final. So something about British people in final um, <laughs> doesn't work well with her. But um, then this year she won um, in Monterey. So something, again, she played really well in Mexico. Um, in North America. But, but North America. <laughs> but after that, she didn't really have, Fernandez did not have a great, you know, again, I was looking. That I was, was not a great result. lead up. Yeah. I was looking at results. Interestingly enough, if you want to really win uh, trivia points somewhere else, <laughs> um, shout out to Harriet Dart of uh, Great Britain, who beat both Layla Fernandez and uh, Raducanu this year in straight sets. So I was looking at Dart beat Raducanu in Nottingham and uh, then beat Fernandez in the first round of Montreal this year. Outside shot for the Australian Open? Maybe. Who knows? Why not? <laughs> Why not Harriet Dart, right? Um, <laughs> But, but to that point, like, so in Montreal, you know, Layla Fernandez was a wild card. Didn't, didn't do well there. She qualified into um, Cincinnati and then lost in the first round there. So coming in, she was really flat. And so, um, and again, I'm now I'm blanking on who Fernandez played in the first round. Um, but yeah. Uh, Ana Kanya, Ana Kanya, the former right. top 20 player. Yeah. And then she beat Kanepi. And then which, which right. I honestly I never in, count out Kanepi ever. You can't cut out, out Kaya Kanepi. Six time Grand and Slam quarterfinalist. I, I thought that she was going to get some of that New York magic again. Um, and I remember I remember being in this in this text thread that I've just recently been added to. Shout out to John from Fantastic Tennis, the podcast. He's awesome for adding me into this exclusive club. Oh, oh my! <laughs> um, I know. I feel I feel exclusive. Just even just <laughs> even saying that I was is in or is I'm a part of this club. Anyway, oh. we do picks daily, and one of the picks of one of the interesting matches I believe was Kaya versus Layla, and I picked Kaya. Bad choice in hindsight, but not mad that Layla went on to win that match and then five uh, more. <laughs> I picked Konya to beat her in the first round. So, like, <laughs> I mean, again, because Konya had been playing, she got to the semifinals in San yes. Jose. She, again, she's, I thought Konya might win like two and three. Like, I thought it might not be that, yeah. that competitive. The section uh, but, that Layla came through was full of top names, like not to mention Osaka, Coco mm-hmm. Goff, Sloane Stevens, Madison Keys was yeah. Sloane Stevens's first round. So it wasn't like like th- it could have been even worse, I guess, in some ways. Uh, yeah, the the, the 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 draw she went through and it still was tough. So shout out yeah. to Layla Fernandez um, for having yeah. a magnificent 
more jaw-dropping stuff. When you look at it on paper, you're just like, how Abelinka. did these teenagers do this? And it's uh, like, to stop myself from looking into the future, they should really just be honestly living in the moment and being, yeah. and being not satisfied, but being very proud of their accomplishments because both Emma and Layla put on a show. And like we said at the beginning, a lot of people would say they're they're going to remember Layla and Emma for the 2021 U.S. Open when going in, it was all about who wasn't there or it was mm-hmm. Djokovic going for this huge moniker of history. And here we are with this this 18 and 19 year old, just turned 19 year old. And yep. that for me is going to be the takeaway of the U.S. Open for 2021 for yep. the women and well, yeah. for the tournament, actually. <laughs> and then and then also, I mean, like. Th- I think there's also, so obviously Raducanu and Leila Fernandez, I think the other thing, obviously that Leila Fernandez definitely want to mention is just her first her family, you know, <laughs> like in the, in the box and like how her dad didn't want to, didn't want to come in because he was superstitious. And, um, her sister, I just, again, I mentioned this, I think on the, in the clubhouse chat we had, um, her sister, Bianca Fernandez is also a very highly touted junior as well. You saw her a few is times. Is she a right or a lefty? I don't know, actually. I'm not, I'm not going to claim to be a huge Bianca Fernandez uh, <laughs> uh, sort of uh, stand at this point. Um, but I will say this one thing that I saw happen in that final match um, is after, and I believe Radicano had gone up 5-2 uh, in the second set. And then Fernandez really, really fought to get that, to get to 5-3. Um, in that changeover from five to the camera panned over to her sister to Bianca and you saw her do, you can't see me on camera, but she started like saying smile, like smile. smile." And I felt like we saw this glimpse of kind of what her, you know, how she gets through this is to sort of, smile through this like this is this is a uh you know ple- uh, priv- uh, pressure a privilege, of the privilege mm-hmm. you know and like it really seemed she embraced that um but i just thought it was really f- interesting and kind of instructive that that little private moment was on camera you know at that particular time with her sister yelling smile smile and then from then on when they she did she would hit a winner and then she then we'll literally smile really smile this really kind of sly smile on her face and i thought like that's how she does it or that's a part of how she does it like she really embraces the the sort of the joy of this and the fact that this is amazing what's happened to her right now that and she's like, on the stage not? yeah, yeah like she's on the stage playing happy. playing playing and doing something that that we don't get to see for a yeah. lot of especially for in her case uh, the cameras haven't been on her for a lot of her career you know it's not like no. she's gotten it's not like she's gotten those tennis channel spots where it's just like the up and coming player uh, yeah. like yeah. some other players um when nothing nothing <laughs> <laughs> and nothing's wrong with nothing's wrong with that. getting no, nothing's wrong with like the tennis world keeping an eye on you from like the age of 16 or 17 but she yeah. doesn't necessarily fit into that mold and the fact that she can still find ways to mm-hmm. literally smile and be like i am playing on arthur ash stadium and i I'm, I'm so glad that you you brought that up because i i thought it was beautiful to see her literally be down in a match but if you were mm-hmm. if you were to if you were to take away the image yeah. of the scores or the commentary you, you would not know, know. You'd, mm-hmm. you'd be you'd be looking at a, a girl that was having the time of her life and that's yeah. a, a and beautiful not, thing 
three points away from losing the Grand <laughs> yes. Slam final. The biggest matchup for life. <laughs> so I, I, again, I, I think like a lot of people I fell in love with, with her in this tournament. Again, I known about her. I knew, you know, I followed her results. We've done, you know, on TikTok tennis, like we've done plenty of, you know, she's one of the players that I've always sort of focused on um, kind of relative to other players uh, when she does something, but she hasn't really, she hadn't really done much, you know? And, and so it's really awesome for her to step up and say, I can do this. Look at all this crap. You know, and I just, I try not to cuss. So look at all this okay. that I can do. Um, so I really, really hope a, that she takes some time to enjoy this, to process it. You know, I hope a lot of opportunities come her way. Obviously I think she's great for the sport. I think she's great for women's sport in general, tennis particular. Um, she's really exciting. Obviously her speeches are great. Um, I loved in that speech, uh, with, you know, when she, after she beat, uh, Osaka, when they said, when did you know she could win? You could win. And she said, when I stepped on court from the beginning, uh, what do you mean? Because why not? Well, <laughs> right. Again, like, if you're not, if you don't think that you can win when you step on the court, why are you there? You know, like, you know, leaving like, is half the battle. Right. Exactly. Um, so anyway, yeah. So I think at the top two positions, you know, that finished up Radicano and Layla Fernandez, both equally incredible. Um, I think I really hope both of them stick around for a long time. I think they're exciting in very different ways. So, well, somebody that didn't stick around too long that, <laughs> that a lot of people thought was actually going to be in New York for the long haul was Ash Barty. And I kind of right. just wanted to quickly touch on Ash Barty because she is the number one player in the world mm -hmm. before we switch over to the men. What mm -hmm. were your, what were your thoughts um, of her match against Shelby Rogers? I guess in her, in her tournament as a whole, because I remember yeah. it wasn't as long ago. I was literally, if, if you guys know me personally, you know that I'm a fan of hookah, hookah lounges. <laughs> and okay. I, was actually, I was actually at a hookah lounge and they were playing ESPN. And I was like, ESPN2 is like the next channel up. So I'm not going to be obnoxious if I ask them to switch over to ESPN2. I asked them to switch over to ESPN2. And I want to say Ash Barty was up five. Maybe I was the jinx. Yikes. Maybe I was the jinx. She I think was I started up, watching I, that point too. So don't worry about it. Well, yeah. He was, was up 5-2 against Chevy yeah. Rogers in the third set. And then from that point, it's not, hmm, how do I? Cause I it's, it's easy to look I'm at that match and the score and say that she choked. But that, in a way, that takes away from Shelby Rogers' performance. And Shelby yeah, Rogers had played her multiple times this season. But yeah. at the same time, it was... It, it is hard to stray away from the word choke or missed opportunity rather when you're up five, two against a player you beat five times. Yeah. So in it, a season. it's weird. There's a two things happened again. Cause I honestly think I started watching at five, two at the same time. So I guess I kind of, <laughs> you know, again, cause I, I'll be very honest. I, you know, I, I'm not getting, this is not my job. I have another job. Like this is not my job. Like, so when that match was on, I was like, I, you have to do that mental calculus, right? Where you're like, oh, this is going to be worth so it. Thought, Can you well, put I your thought, thing down, flip it and reverse it? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I was not about to reverse it for this one. So, because um, I thought, like, uh, this will get done in like three and three, you know, like, yep. you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, I'll just, you know, I'll have my little, you know, for me, it was about posting at when it when it lost. So I always try to, if there's matches going on, I try to say, like, all right, so Ash Party's on right now. I just need to keep a track of the score and then, right at the end, like when it starts looking like the end. Um, so I started watching at five, two, cause that's when it looked like it was over. Um, mm -hmm. cause again, I did see that Shelby Rogers had won six, two, but then I saw that, that Barty had won the second set six, six one. one. So I thought, yep. and then it was up five, two. And I was like, well, this right. is done. Oh, yeah. This makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was, and then I will say one thing, Shelby Rogers did something and that I thought was really, really impressive was 
similar to kind of how we we're talking about Layla Fernandez. If you didn't know the score, mm-hmm. she suddenly changed to be like, when she hit a winner, she'd be really excited. She was like hyping herself up. And I was thinking like, why are you hyping yourself? It's two five. You're done. Like, you know, you should, like, you I was should like, be thinking about what you're going to, yeah, yeah, what your cool exactly. down process is going to look like. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kudos to her for, for, but I, so I thought there was a definite mental shift that she had. Um, and then also she just started being more aggressive. She started going to, to Barney's forehand more. Um, and, and looping it. She was doing looping the looping it. battle. Yes. Very yeah, well. She was, that remember the big thing was at the at four or five, that 30 all when she hit the lob, that perfect lob, that forehand mm-hmm. lob over her. Um, obviously that gave her a break point to get back on serve. But I thought that that was the, that was the end of the match in a lot of ways, because I felt like from there, it felt like it shifted and Barty was chasing her the entire I kind time. Of forget, I kind of forget that Barty actually got it to a tie break now. Cause it yeah. seems like from five, two was all pretty much Shelby Rogers. And, and I, I wouldn't sit here and say that I'm like Shelby Rogers, number one fan, but yeah. I, I can say that watching her strike a tennis ball is pretty, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it, it seems very traditional. Like there is, although there are traditional portions about tennis that are not really fun to kind of talk about, there is yeah. something sweet about watching someone just time a tennis ball perfectly. Yeah. And Shelby Rogers kind of has that just sweet timing of the ball, technically. Yeah. I always never know. I was like, is she MAGA? I always wonder. <laughs> 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 I also, like every time I was like, I'm so, so I'm so sorry if anybody's listening to this and was thinking, so, <laughs> so was I. So, I, I, I mean, well, no, like, because like, the whole thing, I don't know if she is or not again. So, but, but I will say that uh, that's something now that part talking about mental calculus and that's something like wait are they if i if they are i'm not necessarily gonna you know but i've never heard anything again i know that we can't we can't say yay or nay but there's a halo of a question mark maybe possibly again like yeah so we'll we'll maybe that's for another episode but um (laughs) but i will say that i i don't know but um so i've always been a little bit iffy yeah, um, i but, get it you know there, but, there, are, there are other people that are that we're iffy about let's let's, let's just quickly hop over to the men because even though even though um for a lot of men's tournaments you can pretty much just pick the higher seed and keep it rolling if you were to do like fantasy fantasy yeah. brackets and not much different here because three of the top four seeds made it to the semis except for uh felix argiali scene he broke up that perfect patty yeah. party um and then you get to the final with Medvedev and Djokovic, who's trying to win his fourth Grand Slam of the year, winning all four, Australia, French, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open, gets to the final and loses in straight sets. Yeah. The, the yeah. evil laugh in me, yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't done it. Um, like, I haven't done it on camera. Maybe I'll do it in the outro or intro. Of this <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> really quickly, before we do that, I just want to say shout out to Maria Sakari for getting to the yes, semifinals. Yes. Sorry. Um, sorry. sorry. No, no, sorry. no. It's, I just, uh, Sakari, um, great results. Two semifinals in one year. Um, I don't know if you, if I could ever be convinced that she's going to win a Grand Slam. Very um, Moresmo esque. Very. Very much. Yeah. I mean, the, but she, but just a great job from her. And then the one thing I will say about the coverage is there was no need to show Irina Sabalenka in the cool down room crying after she lost to Layla Fernandez. I'm not sure if you saw that, but there was, after she lost, they were showing Layla Fernandez. And again, well, I don't know if she was crying, but she had her arms over her face laying on the ground. Um, we don't need to see that. Like ESPN doesn't need to show that. Like, I know they have the camera, so they're going to do it. Um, but while they know you know, what they're doing though, because you, yeah, I know it's drama. I know, I know that there's, 
but just they, it's a moment, they, right? They know what they know when to push the pedal because if you think about it, and somebody brought this up on Twitter, so I know we're still talking about the men, but this is know, do you sorry. see do you see <laughs> how easy it is to talk about the women? No, it's okay, it's, it's easy. <laughs> When Layla Fernandez had the moment when there was a medical timeout for Raducanu's yeah. uh, bleeding shin, yeah. I, it, I didn't think about it at the time, but somebody brought up the point that if that would have maybe possibly been Serena or somebody adjacent to Serena, oh, we would have yeah. we would have actually heard what Layla was saying to the chair empire because the the the, the mics are right there. It wasn't yeah. like they were on. I mean, everywhere on that court is mic. To be honest, yeah, yeah, we yeah, didn't totally. hear we didn't hear a peep of it. And then mm-hmm. you mentioned ESPN purposefully kind of showing Sabalenka crying. It's just mm-hmm. interesting how like what narratives media wants us to see because yeah. I'm sure they wanted to keep up the narrative, not the narrative because I think Layla is sweet, but in that moment, yeah, she yeah. Was, she was caught I don't up think in the. She in the, realized that Raducanu was bleeding. I don't think she realized it was, and also so it was like it was just. I, it was I, think, blood she, that I think she did. I you think did? she did. Okay. She, I, I, I think she, she knew she was bleeding, and she was, and I can't help but understand where she was in her shoes. Totally. I think she was just like, of all the times for this for this bee in her mind, she for all the times for this bee <laughs> to skid and 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 cause blood right now. But in the grand scheme of things, it literally took less than five minutes for yeah. them to. Go, literally stay on the court, patch her up, and she was still bleeding through the patch. So, like, right. uh, but I, also, I give I give Layla well, I grace. I got a little pressed about that because it was like people were like, "Oh, like she's like Raducanu is like sitting there eating and like what is she? Supposed? What, she what is she supposed to do? Like, like, what is she like, to do? The umpire literally had to tell her, Emma, you have to come off this court because you're bleeding. Like, you know, she it seemed like she was she was anyway. So right. again, that was nothing. Yeah, right. But then again, but so. All right, so we can go back to the men. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it, it was it was definitely something to watch in that moment for sure. As yeah. as the opposite happened for me in the men's final, mm-hmm. I purposely did not turn the television on because I so, felt like I, I, I felt like. <sighs> And this is this is what I want to just get out about Novak going for history. <laughs> All right. On paper, it would have been him, him winning this final on paper and just in a in a Buffalo Wild Wings or Chili's Applebee's <laughs> kind of conversation about tennis. It would have been the silver bullet that anybody ever had to basically solidify his greatness. And I wasn't willing to concede that silver bullet. So I was just going to if it happened, if Novak Djokovic won, I would have reported about it, probably posted a picture on Instagram and <laughs> probably been a little salty and just put probably put congratulations with a clapping hand emoji. Now I don't have to do any of that. (laughs) (laughs) And when I, when I was checking the scores, I was like, Oh my gosh, am I really not going to have to acknowledge Djokovic? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, and also, so here's the thing. So I actually, I didn't watch the first set, but I watched the rest of it. Um, because you, like you, I, uh, I was rooting for Daniel Medvedev. I was, you know, again, like, um, but you know, I wasn't, I was trying not to have any like glee of the fact that he's one match away and loses it. But, uh, I just, I just wanted Medvedev to win. Um, but Medvedev won the first set, but Novak had law had won four straight matches now having lost the first set. So I thought, well, Novak is just going to pull this, pull this out, you know, again, but once what I saw was, I think someone had pointed out a stat that in the previous three matches, he had lost the first set and then really easily won the, the second set, like six, two mm. or, or something, mm-hmm. or a kind of convincing six, three. Um, but that didn't happen in the second set. It's, it, it became, it was even. And then 
Medvedev broke. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, like this, this is, and then, this, so this can get legit. I, right. Um, I have had this vibe the whole tournament that Novak was really freaked out about this. Um, I think you saw it with that, that set against um, Holger Rune, where suddenly, mm-hmm. uh, where he got really upset about the crowd. Um, I thought that that set, that incredible first set from uh, Jensen Brooksby. Although I will say, I can never, I always think it's Brooksby Jensen or Jensen Brooksby or <laughs> like his name. He had the most country club name in the world. Like I have to, like, it doesn't even sound real. But the most anti country club actual tennis game when you watch and, it. Uh, I know, yeah, totally. <laughs> but, but, in that match, and then even in didn't Kane Nishikori was that this year? Yes, Kane it was. It was three straight yeah. matches: Kane Ishikori, um, Jensen Brooksby, and Matteo Berrettini all Mateo took sets off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it felt like he was getting through, but it felt like there was always these moments where he would have these kind of walkabouts, like where it got really weird. Weird. Um, the thing. So I watched, started watching, and then after Medvedev broke in the second set he jumped out to a huge lead in the, in the third, like he was up for love mm-hmm. up for love and then went up five, one. Um, I will say New York crowds being New York crowds. Um, they will Djokovic to get some of those games. They, they, I, they, and I guess it booing, was the ones they were booing Medvedev when he was serving for the match. Like why? Like, well, they, oh why? really? Well, yeah, I they mean, were, like, because they want more, more tennis, like want more tennis, ex- more yeah, tennis, especially if you're a Djokovic fan. It. And we also yeah. know Djokovic fans are a tad toxic. Uh, next, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So <laughs> some of them can. Sorry for well, listening no, to this. York, you have like a yeah. poster. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and you know, Medvedev. Obviously, he like embraced his villain two years ago, and then ended up mm-hmm. becoming like that transformative. He had like the the redemption arc there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really interesting how the crowd got involved at particularly at five, one, uh, when Medvedev served at five, two, um, they were like booing and, you know, they were really screaming at Novak. They were booing double faults. I mean, they were cheering double faults. There was, yeah. Or um, supposed double faults. Cause there was like, right, right. He, he hit a double fault and then the next first serve was into the yeah. net and they cheered that too. And I was like, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> so interestingly enough for the, the knock that people always say like, Oh, women's tennis is so messy and there's way more errors. This match was not a very clean, good match from a tennis perspective it was really patchy it was not like a lot of really great rallies it wasn't a really great like it wasn't really like a highlight reel for either of them really mm-hmm. um but medvedev kept his nerve i think that's the thing that that's really impressive about what he did because all and he had less energy, pressure love that no, totally too. <laughs> no totally but all of the energy all of the the focus was on novak um and then in the you know at the end right there at the end you know, Medvedev pulled through it. And I did, there was still a part of me that's like, I just really think that Novak is going to find a way to do this. Like, you know, like I really felt like, you know, that Cause he's was, done but, it. He literally was down yeah. two sets of love in the French open final. So like, you know, yeah, exactly. There, there was so, probably a part of him that's been like, okay, yeah. I've been here before, you know? Yeah. But you look at, but again, so similar to kind of, uh, it's kind of inverse. We're, want to make sure, you know, in the first, we were talking about Red Emirata Kano, and I want to make sure we talk a little bit about Layla. We're talking about Novak and I want to make sure we talk about Danelle because yeah. He killed it this tournament. He killed he it. He dropped one set to Bolchik van de Zandtrup. And there I said it. Awesome um, job. Yeah. <laughs> really great job. <laughs> he lost if you one don't, set. If you, if you don't know who Bolchik van de Zandtrup is, you should Google him and probably yeah. YouTube how to pronounce his name because James yeah, yeah. did a wonderful job. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in the top 100 now. So he was one of the ones, again, earlier 
one of the really interesting, he's one of the qualifiers that came through. Oscar Atta was a qualifier that came through and played really, really well. Um, from Germany. Yeah. From the, Germany. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously he took, he took two sets. Did he take two sets or one sets off of Zverev? At so the, French Open? the reason coming in, I post this because I watched him at the French open. He qualified in and was up two sets to love on Zverev yep. and then that. kind of fell apart. Like the fourth set was like six Oh six two. Then at Wimbledon, he got in as a wild, as a lucky loser and then took on Andy Murray to five sets. And mm. then in the first round here came through qualifying once again and beat uh, Lorenzo Sonigal in the opening round. So he has He's not been battle tested. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and has a really interesting Oscar outfit. So a really interesting game. Um, um, also, I don't know what this was about, but like, there's this one scene where when he won, um, he like dropped to the ground and like, there's a diff of it somewhere of him, like doing like a puff, like symbol, like where he was like pretending to smoke pot. Like, I don't know exactly. Oh, and I love I, it. I felt like, <laughs> but I just thought it was interesting that like, there's this like gift floating around of him, like laying there all cool and just goes, <laughs> and then like, I don't know. So maybe, maybe, maybe he's thinking, about, maybe maybe he's thinking about the cigar. He's going to smoke up with his maybe, maybe 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 that um but it definitely looked a little bit like puff puff ass like a little bit like that, i love so. it i love it we support it Medvedev did his own um interesting celebration after winning his Where first he flopped on like a fish so did you yeah. hear what that was about no but i saw so, it I, I did see the end of the match but i don't i didn't i didn't listen necessarily to the uh post-match conference yeah. or the uh the, the whatever they do the speech in the mm -hmm. trophy ceremony because yeah. i was still kind of processing what was going on <laughs> yeah no so in the in the speech he actually said at the very very end uh i didn't get it because i'm not i don't there's a so in i think it's fifa the soccer game the on the playstation if you do l2 and then left or something like that you can do a celebration where you flop like a fish <laughs> and so he said at the very end at the very end he said only legends will get this but the l uh l2 left or something like that uh, please don't quote me on that um but that explains what he did was at the end like his celebration was to flop over like a fish uh um, because and he's normally been a that. guy. He's normally been a guy that does a shrug. Yeah, he's, he's he does the his, does his classic like celebration. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't do yeah. much a celebration. Actually, him yeah. even touching the ground was was. He was touched it pretty hard. I was, I was worried he hurt himself <laughs> when he did it because I was like, he's gonna jam his shoulder. It really, like, it really was a flop. It wasn't like yeah. a. It wasn't what <laughs> yeah. Osaka did at the end of the U.S. Open. No, 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 no. Kind of gingerly laid down. No, no, no. It was definitely he flopped. So I mean, Medvedev again steamrolled for the tournament. I'm not surprised. I'm, in a way, I'm not surprised he beat Novak Djokovic. When you add things up and kind of look at how Novak Novak was like dropping sets and had these moments where he got a little weird, you know, got a little tentative, and then Daniil Medvedev just kind of came through. So I, mean, I, I think I know Medvedev also has his tractors. I'm a fan of his. I think I think he's an interesting character. I think he's kind of evolved and kind of matured in a lot of ways. It reminds mm -hmm. me a lot of um, Andy Roddick in a lot of ways because I remember not liking Andy Roddick a long time ago and felt like he was mature and kind of a asshole in a lot of ways and um, now he's again i don't think they're at the same level by any means but Medel, uh Medel has had kind of an arc for me that i think has been interesting so i think it's really great i think that this is the first time that someone from the quote-unquote next gen has beaten one of the big three in a grand slam final yeah 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 um which is in, interesting in, in this moment yeah in this moment is really great and it also keeps novak rafa and roger all at 20 um, right. happy dance, um, happy dance. <laughs> um, so it doesn't quite quell the uh, goat, uh, men's goat, by the way. Men's goat, yes, exactly. I hate when people are like, Oh, Novak Djokovic is going for the most Brett Grand Champs ever, and I feel like dot 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 for a man, like because for like, a man, 21, yeah. 
He's got like two more to go. Um, to, three. To get three matches. No, yeah, uh, love it. I love man. it. And so, I'd love to see what's going to happen at the Australian Open because, you know, that's, I think that sets up really interesting Australian Open. Yeah, yeah, because that's his domain. That's been his like backyard. That's where he's won most of his Grand Slam titles. And now I want to see if there are any other next gen people, if not Medvedev himself, that are going to be inspired and be like, if Medvedev can have the forehand that he has and beat Novak Djokovic in straight sets at the U.S. Open final, why can't I? do something at Australian Open, you know, in in his backyard. He's not bit by bit, whether it was at the Olympics, even though he's won three Grand Slams this year and by by most intents and purposes, he's had an amazing season. Novak has. Mm -hmm. He's he's probably still going to end the season world number one. Like, he's had an amazing season. I think it's it's guaranteed, actually. Yeah. To even get to 20 Grand Slams, obviously, like, whippy, like, good on him. Yeah. Um, but bit by bit, we were seeing chinks in the armor. It started for me at the French Open, or the French Open lead-up when he lost to Daniel yeah. Evans at, in, um, in, um, in Monte Carlo. Monte and Carlo, he also yeah. lost to Aslan Karatsa in his literal backyard mm-hmm. in Belgrade. So if you've been paying attention to his season, although he's won like big and then tournaments. the Olympics was a yeah. pretty pretty much of a bust for him. Yeah. 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 That was not great. And again, I losing twice, losing twice, technically three times. And then backing out of the gold. I felt so sorry for Nina Stojanovic, like that. She didn't even get to play her match because they didn't even get to compete because of Djokovic. But that goes to But he said he was injured. So I'll take him at his word that he was injured. Uh, Mm. I think it was more of a mental injury, but but whatever. I'm not a doctor. Who knows? There was, Um, there was something we wanted to come back to about Djokovic. Uh, I want to make sure we did. Uh, oh, for Djokovic. Oh, this is the thing that I thought was interesting is there had been a lot of, a lot of people have been kind of, and I think I saw some talk on Twitter about this as well is there's been a lot of like pushback that, Oh, no, Djokovic doesn't really care what people think of him. Like, I think, I think, I think this, <laughs> if you saw the, the video at the changeover at four or five, um, it's, you know, again, it's one of those moments where it felt like you shouldn't be seeing it because it was so personal. Um, and again, Djokovic, I you don't mean him crying hysterically in the towel that moment. Yes. Yes. That one it was a little, cringe, also, a little cringe. It was a little, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, it was a lot. But however, I mean, again, it's human emotion. It comes out the way it comes out. Yeah. I, I'm not one to judge someone's human emotion. However, the thing that I thought was interesting was they started cheering him and he started smiling. Like, Almost like that, that was a trade. Like, you know, like, oh, they like me. They really like finally, me. Finally, finally. has hated his ass all for, for 10, 15 years. And so it's yep. suddenly it gets in a moment where, again, I think it's a little bit self-serving because I think they were just rooting against, quote unquote, Medvedev because they, they got, they mm-hmm. paid a lot of money for those tickets and they wanted to, they, they wanted also to see wanted, history. Yeah. wanted to see history. So um, I think he cares a lot. And I think he cares. Um, Too and much. I think it throws him off in matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he's one of the only like elite players that I, I can think of that in matches will single out individual people in match in, in the, in the stands to get mad about and to scream at and to sort of, and again, I think that it motivates him and that's how he motivates himself. But I think he cares, he cares very, very deeply about what people think. And again, that's not, I'm not saying like that, that humanizes him for me or anything. I think that, that I think it's just a misnomer. I think it's like a, I think it's a misunderstanding. I think people are like, Oh no, his, his toxic fan base on Twitter will always oh, say, nobody doesn't heaven. care about, they don't care about the, any of that. He just wants to be the best. Mm. And he's also, and then also they have that giant like victim persecution complex that they have. And like, they're, they're, they're 
whole and world against the whole him. Thing like, is a crocodile. Girl, like, he's like, like, got more grand slams than everybody else in the whole world. Who's against him? Like crocodiles you know, like, aren't even endearing. So like, I mean, whatever. whatever. <laughs> uh, I will say, however, I did definitely root really root for Djokovic in that semifinal versus Vera. I'll tell you that one. <laughs> I was rooting for that. I'll tell you that much. So. Um, um, I know you we, were on we the talk, We talked about this. We, yeah, we talked about you this. You were like, I don't know. I was like, no, nah, girl, it's done. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I, it's, it's just hard for me to really back Djokovic's victories. And I still, and even, even knowing the, the accusations that are over Zverev's heads that we, I've talked about on this podcast and you can mm-hmm. easily Google, mm-hmm. I still wanted, I, I, maybe, maybe it was a little bit of the uh, Roberta Vinci 2015 revenge. You wanted to be I wanted some, yeah, I wanted something, but I'm, hey, I'm, we got a loss. <laughs> so <laughs> we got a loss. There's an L. Your petty. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> fine. No, it's, it's fine. Okay. Again, I mean, that one though, again, it was, it was, for me, it was, I was, it, it was definitely. I, 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 I heard you. I heard you mention Felix. Are we proud of Felix? I feel like we should. We be. are very proud of Felix. Oh, one thing I will say, going back to to he who shall not be named uh, is very one more time. <laughs> I think it's also I, the one thing that I love about it, and this is one thing I was really glad. It also means that Zverev has still never beaten the top ten player at a Grand Slam, and so not once he's only beaten. Yes, that is a weird that, stat. That's a weird. Someone stat. pointed out that had he lost. Um, Baltic van der Zanschlup would have had as many grand, uh, top 20 victories over Grand Slam over, uh, at, in a Grand Slam than Zverev did. Um, but Zverev got that one, uh, <laughs> where he got four now. Botic has three and Zverev has four. So I'll just say one of the things that's always boggled my mind about the whole Zverev thing is that people are like, oh, he's going to be the, he's going to be a Grand Slam. He's going to be a Grand Slam champion. We know it. it's going to just a matter of time. When? Like when he's not even, he can't beat top 10 players. He's too fragile. He can't win in five sets. Like I, I will say he's, he's come from like the guy that can't get to the quarterfinals. He's done, he's done that part, but yeah, yeah the, the, oh, it, it, it's the, the zero record and however many times he's faced as a top 10 player, never being the top 10. Something, that's something that you really have to look at because even Felix has done that multiple uh-huh. times. Several times. Right. Yeah. So, like, so, so, yeah, Zverev's best ever was a winner over uh, Fonini. Yikes. There you go. Yikes. Take that and buy a cup of coffee because that's not much. So, anyway, Felix, yes. <laughs> very, very happy for Felix. Very, very happy for Felix. Um, first Gladys, Grand Slam semifinal. First Slam, Grand Slam semifinal. Um, hated that it had to come at a retirement over Alcaraz. You know, again, like, yeah. he, was, he was winning it. And, again, like, I think Alcaraz is just, I think that that's a, I also am a big fan of Alcaraz. I think he's going to be a big, I think huge upside, huge upside. Absolutely. French open. I think I him think and Casper Rude should be, should be battling for who's going to be the next Prince yeah. of clay. Yeah, I agree. So, um, so yeah, so I wish, I wish, uh, Alcar- I think wish Felix would have gotten to complete his quarterfinal match. But as I always say, like you cannot help what's on the other half, other side of the, of the you court have to control of, what you can control. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, great tournament for him. Um, we had a great, great match with TFO under the lights um, on, on Arthur Ashe Stadium, which was... Where do you kind of see him, like, not necessarily capping out as a word, but if, yeah. if, if, all, if all things were perfect in the Tiafo yeah. camp, in the Tiafo game, where would yeah. you see him ranked? Because, like, he beat yeah. Andre Rublev, who was... He can a, beat anybody. Uh, I think he yes. can beat anybody. On yeah, any he really day, can. he can beat anybody. I think... Um, um, the, the, so Tiafo is... 
I, I, you know, I, I know he gets a lot of slack for like his forehand looks weird and like he's got weird technique. I, I will say, I think that does hold him back. I think that his technique is just, I mean, again, obviously it's good enough to beat anybody in the world at any time, but I don't think it's good enough to beat several of the best in the world. But then you also look at Medvedev, but I guess Medvedev's backhand holds up a little his bit. His forehand's better. really wonky. Yes. It's yeah, really but, crazy. But it, I mean, it's a, it's a grand slam champion. It's winning. It's winning. <laughs> um, but I, so I think Tiafo, one thing he, I think Wayne Ferreira has been a great coach for him. Um, mm-hmm. I am really one that doesn't uh, ascribe a lot of credit to coaches. I think that a lot of times, especially women, I will say that people mm-hmm. will go, Oh, well now she's being coached by this person. So like, who can't like whatever. Like, so it's still they're, that player. The coach isn't swinging the racket. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think that the, it seems to me that the matchup between Wayne Ferreira and Tiafo as, as player coach, I think has been very positive. I think it's I think you've seen in the past few months, he's gotten a lot more. It feels like Tiafo is in the conversation a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. He may not be getting the W's, but he's, no, no. his matches he, are, he's not yeah. going to get bulldozed over too often. No, no, no. But he, what I've seen, it, it's, he's gone from, you know, losing in the first round to winning around. Round. <laughs> well, well, but however, yeah. I think that that's, that's but also that's along better. that way to that third round, because he's not seated, because he might have to even qualify at this point to get to the third round, he's taken out a top seed, you know, mm-hmm. like, so I think that that's really, really great improvement in terms of if he all got, if he got it all going, like he got it all going and it was consistent and he kind of, I think he could be in the top 20. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, again, anything could happen. There's plenty of times when someone has come out of nowhere. Um, Aslan Karatsev, anybody yeah. like, you know, like, come on, like anything can happen. So I think that all the raw materials are there for Tiafo. I think that there are some technical things that, that were just baked into kind of how he learned how to play tennis. And I don't think you're changing yeah. that forehand at all now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, his man, serve is still a weapon. His athleticism yeah. is still going to be there. And the, the energy that he draws from a crowd. And I do think this yes. is a double X sword. Sometimes it can, it, as much energy as he can derive from a crowd, sometimes it can l- help him to lose his focus um, because, yeah. because he's such a good watch that he know and he knows it. It's, it's not a bad thing to know that you're a good watch, but sometimes I wish he didn't. Sometimes I wish yeah. it was just more focused on the X's and O's and less yeah. about the celebratory showmanship of it sometimes. Yeah. I think, I, I think that, I remember, I remember hearing on Twitter, reading on Twitter, someone had said, um, he always takes his foot off the gas. Yes. Um, yes. yes that he will yes, get yes, yes. people down. He'll have them, you know, under his boot and then he won't finish it, you know? Um, and I can see that. And I have seen that. Um, so but I he think, did with Rublev. So he did step in the right don't direction. Lie, don't don't dismiss that. I mean, again, top yeah. five seed, and again, top ten player. Another, and it, like not even that difficult of a win for him. Like mm-hmm. really, coasted it was through. five sets, but the the he sets he won to pass at the uh, at the Olympics. Wimbledon. And Wimbledon. That's right. And then he lost to him at Wimbledon at the Olympics. That's right. You got it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got it wrong. Um, I think there's a lot for him to take from. Again, the the weird thing is he's going to come out of this maybe even dropping a spot in the rankings because again he he. You know, fourth round last year, fourth round this year. So I think if I were him, not that I am or ever could be, um, <laughs> or as coach, but I would say I would take a lot of positives from this year. I would say, I would say again, especially this summer, uh, kind of even in the other thing I will say that I was really, really, I thought was really interesting is he was the only American 
that went down into that, into the South American clay court uh, and grinded it out, yeah. and grounded it out. And like everybody else stayed in America and played like, you know, he could have played like hardcore challengers and things like mm-hmm. that. But he went down and he like, and he won some he really even, tough matches. He even actually played and won a challenger on grass this season. So he's, yeah, he did. He's, he's, he's putting building. in the work. He's yes. putting in the work. And like, again, he's not, he's not playing it safe. And I think that that's only going to be good moving forward. So, yeah. I think the last player on the men's side that I wanted to kind of highlight for me was somebody who just in this tournament made me have like an aha light bulb moment. And that mm-hmm. was Riley, Riley Opelka. I never really saw it for Riley Opelka, but there was a sit down interview he did. I don't remember which ESPN broadcasters or anchors it was with, but he sat down at like, you know, where like the practice courts are and they kind of like, it's more casual. That interview made me a fan. It was something. It was something. It was something about. I'm just saying because him and Venus Williams are good friends, and they go to like they go like mm, I love good that. friends or more. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not getting into that. I'm not getting into that. Um, I saw that there was something. What was it? Uh, he had posted something about Venus, and they were saying like a Grand Slam, and she said you're you're next or something like that. And I was like, y'all, what's going on? Um, no, Riley Opelka is really interesting. Um, I think he was obviously. I was like, is he MAGA? I don't think he is. So, um, so I, I think we're safe with that. Um, but no, he's he, again, you would think he's going to be, I, I kind of thought it was endearing that he kind of, kind of made fun of the whole serve bot thing. I do think mm-hmm. he can kind of be a little, and there was a few times in the U S open where he was a little bit needlessly salty with people on like, mm. uh, on Twitter on like, Oh, this is why tennis, this is why tennis journalist, uh, tennis, uh, are you, are you talking about his interaction with Chris Fowler and the whole retirement? Yeah, although, yeah but however, he had a point. That, he had no, a point. he did. Absolutely. No, I agreed with it, but like, just there's, he had had several where he kind of felt like he was like fighting the media in general. And I was like, mm-hmm. like well, the, media again, did, well the, the, the tennis big wigs did give him a $10,000 fine. So I, the timing of it. Fair. Kinda. No, no. And you know what's the thing about that? For, is, for a pink bag, for a pink when bag. He lost, when he lost to Lloyd Harris, who also. Great Congrats season. To Lloyd Harris. Yeah. Great season. Quarterfinal. Um, yeah. When he lost the graphic that I had made for, because I always make one for matches. I had to make it in, in advance. Um, and I do it. I usually will say, I know this person is going to win. So I'm just going to make this graphic. But sometimes it's a toss up. Like with Lloyd Harris and Opelka, I thought either one of them could win. So I made a graphic for Lloyd Harris winning and I made a graphic for Opelka winning. And for Opelka, if he had won, I just had a p- picture of that bag. <laughs> so that bag that said uh um what was it uh unapproved or uh i forgot exactly uh acceptable was it acceptable uh, no it was un something it was un um i think it was unapproved actually unapproved right. yes it was unapproved um <laughs> and you just so turned it inside that. out no i thought that was hilarious and stupid that they they charged him ten thousand dollars because the logo for, was a, for a pink tennis bag that $10, was thousand dollars ten thousand dollars for other people isn't, were like, isn't that more that you get a, in a qualifying win sometimes isn't yeah it? i mean like that's more than you get in a talk like like, uh, a 25k on 25k or 50k again so but i think Alpelka, he's now the highest ranked american man um in 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 the world i guess um i think there's a lot to his game i think he's a great personality again i was just i've just given him a little bit of a hard time about the about the the twitter stuff about getting salty i think it's fine i also think chris fowler's take was total shit and stupid and like mm-hmm. um faulting Carlos Alcaraz for, for, yeah, for, for uh, pulling the plug for having a legitimate injury. 
And yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's like, I don't want the kid to ruin his, his self, you know, also in that point, like there was Felix was well on his way to winning. There was no way to, it wasn't going to be anything but bad for him to stick around for a set and a half. It was, you know, so, so just in the interest of time, cause I don't want listeners to, if they're doing their dishes or if they're doing a jog, <laughs> I want them to, I want them to kind of just ease on out of the episode. Um, how do you feel about some of the storylines post us open? Yeah. Um, cause tennis kind of goes under, a, uh, under like a, a, a haze yeah. in the, in the fall winter months. Do, are, are you excited? Are you, or are you excited about the tennis? Are you excited about being on the show again? Oh, no, I'm excited. No. <laughs> no, no, I love, I lo- again, I really, really appreciate the opportunity to come and talk again. I love talking tennis with you. Um, uh, in terms of tennis, the interesting thing is Indian Wells is coming up. Um, it's replaced. And then after Not that, in its normal time slot, not at all. Uh, but after that, all of the Asian tournaments were canceled because of COVID. So now there's a kind of, a, I think there's still a mad scramble to kind of get a few more tournaments kind of put on the, on the calendar. So I think it'll be interesting to go. I think the big question is, is Djokovic going to play for the rest of the year? I would, I feel like maybe no. Um, I think and Serena I, won't either. <laughs> no, I agree. Um, I think Djokovic won't be at Indian Wells. Why? Like at this point, you know, like why, yeah. why does he need he's to? Won it, um, he's won it a bunch yeah. of times and it's, and it's and kind I of think, out of his way. Yeah. And I think even in the, again, in, in the press conference after today, they asked him, you know, how did you feel? And he said relief that it was over. Um, he said that on court? Or no, like in, in the, the press conference, in the press room afterwards, they asked him oh, how did he feel that. now that it's over. And, you know, he said, frankly, I'm, I'm just relieved, relieved it's over. Um, so I think, I think Djokovic, I wouldn't, I would be very surprised if he played for the rest of the year. Um, not again, not that that's why I watch tennis, but, um, the rest <laughs> of you asked about me. Um, no, I think I, I'm one of those nerds that like really like the smaller tournaments, you know, and sort of seeing like who comes through and who does that. So I'm going to be engaged obviously for the rest of the year. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if there's, if Indian Wells, plays a little different now that it's playing being played at a different time of year. I think one of the things we saw with the French open last year, going from May to the fall was it was a much heavier conditions. And I think, you know, people were saying maybe that was why Iga Shrontek won. I was just about um, to mention her name. Cause she um, almost similar to Emma didn't drop a set for the tournament, didn't drop more than four games in the main draw. Mm-hmm. So similar. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I think that's an interesting question to see how Indian Wells, but I, yeah, again, I, I will, I will definitely be. And again, if you, if you follow me or if you don't, I would love uh, to have you follow me on, on, on TikTok. It's TikTok tennis, T I C K. He's talking to you guys, not me. now. I'm talking to you guys. Yeah. Out there, out there, out there in the listing viewership. So obviously, like I said, the majority of, I think the engagement that I do is around Twitter, but you can also see the videos on YouTube and Instagram as well. So I'd love to have, have you join the conversation. And I'm always looking to, to sort of engage and, and learn more and share the little slice of tennis that I think is interesting. So. I think it's a big slice because I still think you're putting <laughs> yourself too short on the videos because the videos that I've been involved in yeah. have been some of the most interaction I've gotten on Instagram and Twitter. I don't know if I've told you that, but <laughs> I, en- I enjoy collabing. I enjoyed this collab. Absolutely. I cannot wait until we do another episode together because I think I'm finally or are starting to round out who my core guests are going to be. And okay. I, th- I think I may have found another one. Oh, I would love at any time, any time. Absolutely. This has been great. Miles, it's all, this is, always awesome. This has been super that. fun, super, yeah. super fun. And I think that's going to wrap it up. Okay. That was fun. Thank you very much. Right? Yeah. No, it was great. I loved it. Yeah, no, it was awesome.
All right, guys, what an episode. What a U.S. Open. What a tournament. What a Grand Slam season this has been. And yet tennis keeps on going. So the podcast doesn't stop here. Obviously, there are things that I have in store for you guys that are coming up in the next couple episodes. I've been promising this very um, interactive Q&A episode that will feature some friends and some funny questions and some tennis dialogue so all of that is coming your way in the next couple of episodes if you enjoyed what you heard in today's episode please do check us out again on all social networks at missing point pod subscribe to the podcast so you get notified of new episodes review the show because that helps us grow so review us on apple podcast and subscribe on Spotify. Uh, Click on the podcast description for more information on how you can actually support the podcast and don't forget to send us your questions to missingpointpod at gmail.com or feedback. If you don't have questions, if you have feedback for the show of how we can improve, I accept that too. Until next time, have a good week, take care of yourselves and I will talk to you guys in the next episode. It should be a fun one. Stay tuned. I will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.